Buongiorno, listeners of the Right Right Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 24, Reactive versus Action-Driven Work. As always, the Right Right Podcast is your weekly pep talk on living the writing life, and I am Elon. I'm John. And I'm Craig. And today we're going to be addressing something that John actually touched on in great detail in his blog uh, about a month ago, um, which has to do with reactive versus proactive, perhaps, or action-driven work, uh, because, uh, do you want to read this, this description you wrote, John, or would you like me to? I'll read it. Um, sorry. Yeah, day-to-day, the choices we make are forced upon us from the moment we get up to check our inbox and message messages to the many interruptions at work. Often, we get few opportunities to do the work we really want to do because we're too busy reacting. Important work requires willful action to drive it, but the art of executing this requires battling the forces of reaction that surround us. That is, uh, it's the conundrum that I think plagues every workplace, Um, because, you know, in, in, in my professional life, I have always been at organizations that, uh, implore us all to be proactive about moving certain projects forward but in the reality of the day-to-day action of work there is too much to react to there's too much input for us to actually make significant progress on these uh, desired outcomes as opposed to what is often called putting out fires Um, and I think that's really interesting because it totally parallels our our life I mean um, a thought that comes to me right away is I was proactive about going to a convention uh, about a month ago and uh i found out that the kitten i had brought home had fleas and i had to completely change the work that i wanted to do i wanted to go learn about writing i wanted to do some writing exercises and i instead spent the entire following week uh cleaning my house top to bottom making sure the cats had all the medicine they needed uh doing all the laundry with my girlfriend uh just like the litany of tasks that it took to make sure that our house was no longer contaminated completely and utterly destroyed any element of proactive work that I would have intended to do. Yeah. What you're, what you're talking about there. I mean, that the problem with, um, reactive things is that that we can't just ignore them. It's not that simple. Uh, it's, I, I guess when it comes to your time and, deciding what it is you want to do. I mean, you can create the intentions, and you should. Um, but when fires happen, they're going to happen. I mean, the, the hope is that you can develop habits and practices that'll, over time, you know, it's like disasters aren't going to strike all the time. And if there are, then it's probably worthwhile to spend some time figuring out why that's happening, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I mean... Things happen, and you have to react to that. But um, I mean, more more so day to day. Like, say, as a writer, we're all we're all here advancing writing goals, and we all have had to figure out where we fit that time in and how. And writing is an example of something that is driven by our action, because we decide this is important. I am going to get my writing done, and I'm going to do it this way. Because I know if I don't, I'm going to be busy reacting. And then at the end of the day, I have no energy left and I'll write tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's sort of, you know, not, not every single day that has to be like that. Because um, 
things may happen to derail it, but if your intention is always there and that's your standard, then then those bad days become the exception rather than the rule. Absolutely. You know, I think um, for what it's worth, the example I gave was was uh, an outlier and certainly not indicative of what the conversation should really deal with, which is this idea that, um, you know, we're, we balance many different things. Um, you ha you you guys own a uh an, a couple of businesses a couple of different businesses um all branches of the same business but yeah but for what it's worth you have a lot of uh your professional uh goals to manage uh Craig you have a full-time job outside of that which manages yeah. a ton of content and material uh John you have an enormous amount of work on your plate and you both also want to continue working on your own writing. Uh, for my part, I'm beginning to explore balancing uh, full-time work with freelance work and, um, and, and my personal creative work. And I find, I find it pretty difficult, to be honest. Um, you know, I'll, when I'm ahead on one thing, I'm really behind on the other two. Um, and what ends up happening is I turn proactive work into reactive work by being late or by uh or by not being proactive in the right ways um so i was just i just was wondering sort of how you uh balance these these disparate uh requirements in your lives that is i don't even know how okay <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how to answer that because, as you mentioned, I do have a full-time day job. Um, and over the last six months, it has turned from a healthy balance of proactive and reactive work to entirely reactive. Um, like, I am in a public service type position. Um, and so, as part of my monthly reporting, I do keep track of how many people I interact with uh, that do not have appointments, how many phone calls I get, how many emails I get, and how many social media postings or messages I get. And my numbers have literally doubled between December and May oh to God. the point where um, in December I had an average of 1,500 contacts per month. In May, I had 3,000 contacts per month. 2,000 of those were emails. Um, wow. So I'm in this completely reactive headspace right now because of my day job. Mm -hmm. um, and for a while, my uh, work with uh, my company has been the same thing during my evenings and weekends. It's been a lot of reactive stuff just because I got behind. Um, so I'm probably not the best to answer that, and I don't know how to answer how you do this balance because it's, these things are often beyond your control. I can't control how many people email me at my day job or wander in the door and need to talk to me. Uh, it's just been insane. In, in terms of this, I mean, we we are the founders of Story Perfect Inc. That's the name of our corporation. And uh, we, we kind of focus on where our skills are. So Craig does management. I do direct, I, I'm sort of more or less the director. Um, so a lot of times uh, Craig will decide how things are done and managed because I, I chase myself in a circle. <laughs> I will spend way too long figuring that out and in the end I'm all wrong on everything I was thinking about. 
But I'm pretty good at direction, so a lot of what I'm doing is I'll observe how Craig is dealing with all the different things on his plate, and there's lots. Um, and I'll look at that coming as like a time manager, and I'll make suggestions. I'll direct him, sort of say, well, you know, give this higher priority. You know what? This is not important. Drop this. All right, you know what? Let's change how we're... We're, let's change these tasks. Let's hire this person. Let's give this to so and so, like that kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, I mean, there's so much to do. You can't do it all. Mm-hmm. So um, for myself, um, I mean, I I need to have a director directing me. It usually is a meta process. Uh, I mean, I use um, uh, every Saturday. I kind of like. It's at some like after after you know we do this recording because it's, it's a Saturday. I will do uh, I I'll sit down with my calendar and plan the next week out, and I write down the things that I have that are very important to do, and and I'll try to schedule time in to do them because I know that f- for the remainder of the day I'm going to be reacting, but I I go into this um, bye bye world mode. When I do that work, and I mean, I I write first before I do anything. I, I get up at right now. I'm getting up at five o'clock every morning, mm-hmm. and I, I get a good sleep, as good a sleep as I can, um, and uh, I get my writing done. I mean, I read before I write so that I've gotten some of that in, and then um, then I'll do focused work for the company like relate like like say for example um this last week i i was preparing the launch of uh what's going to be publishing imprint that we use for my fiction and possibly related fiction in the future and that was very important Mm -hmm. but urgent It, it it was not you know like meanwhile there were editing projects that were done there's uh, copywriting stuff I have to sort of look at, send to authors, covers that I'm dealing with, and like all these things that are, those are my urgent things that I can't ignore. But for that given day, I need to focus some time on these projects. And then what happens is I'm usually done that by early afternoon, and then the rest of the day, it's like, all right, let's charge in and deal with this urgent stuff head on. Um, so that, I find that separation helps. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, you know, like, like just to get to writing, if you're, if you're a writer and you have a day job and you can't flex your time that way, sort of to build it like a, you know, sort of like a stack of blocks. Um, what I've heard a lot of times is, you know, you'll, you'll bring your story with you and like on your coffee break, on your lunch break, in your afternoon, you'll jump in. I think Craig, you've done that. You've used I've, your lunch. Yeah, for, I've done that. I've, I've gone and sat with a, with my lunch and written for a half hour. It's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, and what you're doing is you're putting the most important thing first, and it's like you got free time where you could take a walk or you could check your email or do whatever, and you're saying, but writing is the most important, so I get this done, and then the next, you know, next up in the pecking block. So it doesn't have to be linear. You don't have to, like, block off a segment of the morning i mean if you can do that i personally find that that works really well but uh um and in all of what you just said you just triggered something about my day job like i'm so busy i forget these things uh one of the key factors i've found from shifting from reactive to proactive is just saying no Mm -hmm. um gave me this ribbon Mm -hmm. that's attached to my computer screen that says the answer is no 
So I have permission to say no to things that are too reactive and are eating up my time during my day job. Mm -hmm. So I should have the same ability to do that during work for my company. Like, I mean, I can't say, no, we can't do this, but it's like, no, I can't do it. Yeah. So how do we find a way to get it done that, that I'm not stuck in reactive mode? Yeah. I think it's a good thing to always think about how, like have an estimate of how much of your time a given task is going to take. And then actually, uh, when you when you do it, check check on that sort of, you know, you sit down and say, this is going to take me, um, it's going to take me five minutes. And five minutes has come and you're nowhere near done. Then yeah. reassess what you just committed to doing. Um, the other killer is like micro tasks. So for example, for me, sending an email, those are invisible. You don't you don't actually plan those. I have gotten in the habit now of actually writing down respond to so-and-so on my to-do list because that's an action. A lot of times that, and I don't mean like every single email I ever send, but um, when it's client-related or if it's related to some kind of thing where I know I need to think about what I want to communicate, mm-hmm. I, I make the task because those are those eat up time and you yeah, don't they see really do. build your time. So you shouldn't, it's, it's like there's all these actions you take that you don't need to take. Um, but you do because your your um, email is email and messaging media are the worst for yeah. that. They make you react because you think you have to react, and meanwhile, half an hour is gone. Yep, because of that time you need to to get back in the zone. Um, you know what's interesting about this is that we're talking about uh we're we're approaching a conversation we've had before, and we will presumably have again about productivity, um, because it is very very difficult to organize oneself um in because the things that the the tools that we have and the work that we do and all these things we're trying to achieve from as far as i can tell our brains aren't really wired to process stuff the way we try to force them to process stuff um in this kind of like linear task oriented thing like we have to sort of train ourselves to um to respond appropriately and what we seek is gratification and pleasure in the moment which is why it's so appealing to just answer an email do a small task right away check your messages uh you know hop into slack whatever it is that takes you away from these proactive moments um but we also experience this great frustration at watching the amount of work that we have to do pile up and seeing how we're uh, in many in many cases unable to keep up with the work we've given ourselves, coupled with the work that we get from the world around us. Um, so, I you know, blocking out your time and scheduling, even if you have a full time job, there is time to do stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough, but but there is that time. I found, you know, my mom always says, if you want a job done, give it to a busy person. Um, and, uh, she's always very busy. Um, but there's, there's some truth to that, which is when you have too much space, too much free time, too many options for how to pursue the next proactive or, uh, highly desirable action that you want to take. Um, ow, this kitten just jumped on my leg and just like claws first. (laughs) (laughs) um when you want to when you have too much time too many too many opportunities 
uh, for a single block, a single unit of time. I personally find that I can't actually figure out what I want to do, so I'll do nothing. Um, I'll uh, I'll play some video games or I'll endlessly scroll on Reddit or something that is totally vacuous and actually doesn't get me any farther towards any of my goals. Um, and while we were talking about this just now, um, it occurred to me that I have a known block. I've known blocks of time that aren't available. My workday. Um, you know, my, my fitness classes, my, my Kung Fu classes that I take, certain other scheduled things that I have regularly, those are unavailable to me, but the time that is available is actually fairly enormous if I just look at it uh, objectively. You know, subjectively, I feel very pressured by time, like there's not enough time to do anything, but if I just look at a calendar, I'm like, look at all these hours. What was I doing with all these hours? Um, and so... I should uh, I should probably schedule time to uh, to read, schedule time to write, and just say, okay, this is on my calendar. This is what I'm doing for the next half hour, um, because when I do have these large blocks of uh, unclaimed time, they often just go to waste. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to give myself a hard time about it. I don't think any of us should judge ourselves too harshly for just kind of screwing around. But um, looking objectively at it and seeing a calendar with all this empty space, you can be like, oh, I do actually have the time to do this stuff. Um, and it reminds me of a boss that I used to have. Um, I loved her. She she was a brilliant young woman, uh, taught me everything I wanted to learn about uh, marketing writing. Um, she's a really inspirational individual. And she would regularly, because she was a marketing writer, she would block out chunks of time uh, when they were dedicated writing time because... Uh, so much of the work that we had to do just as part of an organization was reactive that the actual meat of our job, which was supposed to be writing these materials, was getting away from us because we considered writing to be a constant, one of those tasks that like at any given moment I'm working on writing. But if she blocked the time out, then people knew that she wasn't available, that she was working for the next three or four hours on this project, and that if they wanted to have meetings or come by, they would have to do so afterward or beforehand. And I took, I actually took that from her to my next jobs and I'd say, sorry, I'm not available. This is my writing time. It's on the schedule. Um, and I don't know why I didn't take that into my personal life and say, this is my reading time. That's what I'm going to do for the next X amount of time. Um, and it seems, I don't know, there, there, there's a voice in my head that says that it takes the spice out of life because I am uh, closing myself off to the random beauty of, of circumstance and maybe something will come along and and what if I'm scheduled to to read when something wants me to go outside and, and go for a walk like there's nothing wrong with doing that too uh, just because something's on the schedule doesn't mean that you're beholden to it you're not a prisoner of your schedule the same way you're not a prisoner of your outline but having a basic idea um, actually can put you in the lead against this endless pile of work um, that we seem to constantly be accumulating so I, I I I really like the way you do things, John. Is what I'm saying. Thank you. Um, to to uh, comment on what you're saying there. Um, taking the spice out of the life. I think you're totally right. I relate to that because I think our natural mode is to just go with the flow. Um, what's happening though is we are rea we are compensating for this modernness that the modern world and how things have evolved and life is busy and it's happening upon us we're not we're really no longer in control um in in many respects so if you want to counter that 
you need to get basically step into this this other place which is which is what happens when you create structure uh, you know it's almost like uh, particles versus waves in physics you know you, you've got to make things concrete um, I I actually have a for for my week it's a it's a eight and a half by eleven piece of paper I have I have it printed out so it's physically there on my desk uh, not something that I have to click open on a computer screen um, and, and it, you know it, I've got the I got it broken down into the half hour on the rows so the half hour of, of the day goes from six a.m. to midnight. Uh, for for each day, and then there's a column for the seven days of the week. And when I sit and reflect, and I and I you know have my Saturday where I look at the the rest of the week, that's the time where I can really really think about what are the most important things I want to get done. Block that in. But like you mentioned, uh, there's times you know you got to be somewhere, so that is as just as important because you can only plan as far as you know. So it's also a, a process of figuring out. Um, what am I already working against? Um, and then you see those spaces, and you don't want to clutter yourself because the, the same thing can happen. You can fill every space you have, and then there's no room to breathe. Um, but one thing that's also really valid to what you said, um, doing this is really important because you want to counter that current, but it puts you in another prop state where you're no longer spontaneous. And you get rule driven. And I've recently been learning about the, the, this. It's sort of like that ability to reclaim spontaneity. So what I found is that I will just once in a while totally break the schedule. Um, the one thing I haven't really messed around with is my writing time, but that's because I find that I just love it so much. Yeah, it's like, I mean, if it's therapeutic for I, you in any capacity, like I love it. Yeah, yeah I mean. Really, if there was like a family crisis or something really serious where, you know, my time was needed somewhere, or need, like there's just no way my day-to-day structure is going to function, I, I'm not going to force myself to be there. But as far as I'm concerned, that pocket has just become like my center of gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but regarding the rest of the day, you know, like I find pinning those things in the schedule keeps me focused because I, I would be all over the place otherwise. But at the same time, there are times where I've had days where my energy is just sapped. It's like a what I would call a disaster, where you know, because I'm looking at what I was supposed to get done and I'm not productive. And you know what? That's when I just get up and go for a walk, mm-hmm. or I go for a run, or I you know do things out of order, or just whatever. Play the piano. It's be spont- That sort of uh, flexibility to be spontaneous is just as important as the power you gain when you concretize your intentions so you know there's something really interesting about this uh so as as our listeners probably know we record these episodes in batches um and this batch we talked about plotting pantsing hybrid method and now reactive versus versus action driven work and there are a lot of parallels between plotting and uh this kind of plot like plotting your life versus pantsing your life is kind of what we're talking about right now and there Mm -hmm. are moments when you have to pants your life there are moments where it's beneficial to plot your life, but the idea is that you can't simply do one or the other. You really have to have some kind of hybrid. You have to know what you want to do, and you have to be ready for what comes. And I think I didn't expect there to be a parallel, but the more we talk about it, the more I realize we're literally talking about plotting versus pantsing, but just for ourselves. Um, yeah. And 
there are times when pantsing gets me into that flow state where I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm so productive. Things are going so well. I've gotten all these things done. I'm so satisfied with myself. And there are times when I was like, I really wish that I knew what I was going to go do right now. Right. I need some of that plot structure from a day to day. Um, and that's kind of hilarious to, to think of it that way. But um, but there are benefits to both. You know, you, what what having spontaneity and being prepared to, to pants your way through the day can lead to all kinds of interesting experiences or uh, discoveries um, while plotting can really uh, set you on a path to um, success in terms of accomplishing your goals, whatever they might be. Like it might be clean the floor. It might be eat really well. It might be get a bunch of work done. Like these things are not, they're not limited by some kind of archetypical notion of what it is to plan your day like you can put on your schedule nap like you can do whatever you want <laughs> your schedule can say insert task here and that task might be pet the cat for four minutes like whatever you want to do if it's on your schedule you got the time for it um but you can do the same thing pantsing um i don't know i think it's really cool though i never i never really thought about the parallel until we had this conversation but i think it makes a lot of sense that we recorded these four episodes together that's so, such a cool connection like i think it's an example of why pantsing works well because you go in and you trust and then there are just natural connections totally that, totally that back and that is often where the coolest discoveries come from mm -hmm. you know like look at science most of the great scientific discoveries were accidents totally they, like well we were trying to do this one thing but this other thing happened and that was awesome that was where the answer lay and not where everyone was looking for it. So, um, yeah, like another thing, what I love about what you just said is that that idea that it's sitting down and planning your week, it's not all about work. Uh, the professional is just one quadrant of your life. You know, you have a personal side, you have social and there's spiritual, whatever that may mean, whether it's just your values and how you, how you spend time in community or, or just beyond the, you know, the day-to-day the, the -day meaning of your sphere, right? So, um, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I will put, I actually have time. I put, When I sit down and reflect, it's everything that's important. And as I've come to get into this process, social time is important too. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I've made a point of blocking off certain, like the weekends, you know, like make a point of trying to be social. Uh, like it rather, because if I don't, work can take over if there's nothing to do it's easy to just say hey i'm gonna spend the evening catching up on this or that so so it's easy to miss your intentions um on all these spectra not just work so oh we have meowing cats our cats take have, our, our cats have come to uh to take over the show here we are a little past time and our cats know it um Thank you for this conversation. It was really interesting, um, and it makes me want to actually give uh, honest thought to the way I schedule my days because um, it would be awesome to to get ahead of work for once, um, or to be like you know, instead of this idea of like rewarding myself for doing a good job, I could say no, I know what I'm going to do, and I know when my reward's going to come. Um, Right. I, I actually have the uh, thing that I that I use for planning in a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. I could share that with you, but I'm also thinking we could 
Uh, I don't know if it's a way to upload a link to our website with the liner notes, mm -hmm. but it's something that if it's possible, we could I could send it. We can make it available yeah. to our listeners if they want to try that sort of weekly planning. That sounds uh, great. We could absolutely do that. You can print it out. It's really easy. So uh, we could do that as follow up. Yeah. Let's. So we'll put we'll put that on our site. We'll have that as your prompt if you'd like. You can. Uh, you can fill out a weekly calendar that John designs, but we also have a uh, reading recommendation from John as well for this week. Yes, a lot of what I talked about is rooted in this book. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. Um, may, like, it's one of those books that's so popular that you probably have heard of it. Um, now, this book, it, it talks about proactivity, and being proactive is one of the seven habits, but there's sort of like this whole progression of things you go through, and and the third habit, um, it, it actually talks about time management, and and uh, Stephen R. Covey has a unique, uh, I guess he, it's like a copyrighted special kind of weekly planner. It's not the same one I use. Um, but uh, he talks about that the principle of uh, impressing on your week those important time blocks rather than trying to carve it all up into what you're doing when uh, you reverse engineer so you've got your weeks wide open you see where it's choked up and then in those free spaces you pin on there the most important things mm -hmm. uh, but I mean the book is just fantastic because the first three habits are private the next three habits are social, so he takes it beyond just the uh, mere, you know, managing your work life. It's like the whole sphere of just how to be a, a more effective person mm -hmm. in all dimensions of your life. Uh, and it's so clearly written, easy to follow, easy to pick up. Um, yeah, highly recommended. Awesome. So that is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. We'll put a link to that in the or we'll, we'll put the name in the liner notes and we'll put a link to it on our website so visit us at uh writing sorry don't visit us at writing anything visit us at writewritepodcast.com and uh and, and and get our links and subscribe and do all the good stuff and comment and participate in the discussion because we'd love to hear from you whoever you are um thank you again podcasters for joining me thank you listeners for joining us and we will catch you next time Okay.